Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. My name is Trevor Mueller, and of course, with me, Kayla Olin. And Kayla, you have never been more happy to be wrong. Yeah, that's up there, but there's definitely some of those. But I was torn. I was actually thinking about you when I was walking to the stadium. It just, I don't want to be right. I really don't want to, like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a woman. I want to be right. Okay. I, I want to be right. That's how I am. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I've never been so happy to be wrong either. Right. And so I'll, I'll definitely take all of the criticism or ha-has coming back at me. But from what I saw the first few weeks, I didn't think that Washington would come in looking like a completely new team. Right. And of course, Washington takes the victory over uh, Arkansas State 52 to three. And I got to tell you, I watched you and Alameda Ta'amu on the pregame show. And uh, I even texted you afterwards because I thought that Uh, You did such a good job of holding this program's feet to the fire and not allowing um, your fandom to kind of get in the way of the fact that there were some major alarm bells going off. So with that said, I mean, what is your overall take from this, you know, lopsided victory? Yeah. And almost being able to take out some of that fandom, it's almost like even being more of a fan because you want your program to succeed that much more. And so it's kind of like as a parent, you have to discipline your kids if they're not doing something right, even though you love them because you right. want because you love them so much. Uh-huh. I'm, yeah, if I hear knock on that door, I know Daddy Trevor's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a great game to watch because it looked like Washington started to click and it looked yeah. like Dillmore started to trust his receivers again. He started to trust his offensive line again. The second somebody broke through, Dylan Morris in the first two games were trying to get rid of the ball because he was afraid to get hit. Yeah. This time he kind of sat there a little bit longer or he would, he even ran with his feet. Right. For the first time, he didn't have negative rushing yards. And so that was a huge for them. And then the defense again came out holding them scoreless in the first half, only giving up three points all game. Mm-hmm. And you say one was a missed field goal, but then you also had a blocked punt. Blocked punt so yeah. there was so many great things that happened for Washington. It couldn't, the rain that you would think that they lived in it. Yeah. And uh, I was on a call uh, with the Lincoln heading to Bellevue and, and DeAndre Campbell kept calling it dog weather because that's what, uh, you know, the University of Washington and players from the Pacific Northwest, it's kind of what, you know, it's kind of what they're used to. Dylan Morris had better balls in an absolute torrential downpour than he did in just dry, warm air. And so if we get a Cal repeat and there's a little more rain, it's not supposed to be, but bring it on. Dylan Morris is ready for it. Right. And, and I think some of it is the comfort in, in really seeing that the offense looked similar to when Washington was clicking last year, where if the, the box was stacked, it also helps to have Jalen McMillan back and we'll get into that for sure. But uh, it looked like the play call was more, uh, a a, a better answer to what the defense was showing than what we saw the previous two weeks where, you know, you're in the middle of the field and you're seeing I formation. 
And I really wanted to ask you because I'm there and I don't really get to kind of see everything TV shows or the behind the scenes, however you want to call it. That comment on sending him up into the box, was he up there or did you see him on the sideline? Um, they didn't show him on the sidelines. I, uh, I don't remember them necessarily going up to them in the broadcast. But yes, he was upstairs. And um, if that's maybe that's all it took. Maybe yeah. that's all it took. And you know what? And maybe it was because you know from sitting in the stands, you've I mean, you've done it all, right? You've been on the field officiating, you've been in the stands, you've been in the press box. The higher up you go, the more you can see. And uh, you can see the formations and, and going to games. It's so cool. Like I, I went to the 2016 Stanford game and there was an out route that uh, Browning threw to Ross. And as soon as Ross broke out, I was like, Oh, that's first down. Just watching from that bird's eye view. Not only that, but you can actually see the gaps and the holes Yes, from up there too. So it's the more consistent you're seeing how that defense is playing and how they're hitting those a B gaps and everything like that. It's just, Okay. It makes sense now. It's almost like it's clicking. It's like riding a bike. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. If I keep pedaling, I don't fall. Right. And and the thing about it is even, even from the offensive line perspective, although you're playing against an Arkansas state who doesn't necessarily have the horses that Michigan does, um, they're probably more comfortable to uh, a, a Montana, but Montana kept this offense to seven points. And so with that, there's still communication going on now with the offensive line that we didn't see in week one or week two uh, that allowed them to look like the offensive line that, you know, Husky fans and, and most of the nation was hoping to see. And something else that I kind of want to point out there before we get too ahead of Washington's back, right. 2016's back, you know, everything <laughs> right. like that is what I heard a lot at the game and from some people is, they're almost a little upset about the win for people yeah. who are still not fully on the John Donovan train mm-hmm. in terms of we just extended his lifeline. Yeah, Washington and, and just extended his lifeline. And so was this the offense that actually can be that John Donovan can call, or was it just a little bit of a tease? Right. And that's the thing. Like if, and I heard that too, I saw that on, I saw that on my on my phone. I saw that you know, on Twitter. But I think that the reality is like John Donovan, put any coordinator in there you want, Bush Hamden, Jonathan Smith. Um, I really don't care about, I mean, I do, I love people. I care about people, but I don't care about the person. I don't care about the name when it comes to the coordinator. If the results are good, I, I really don't, it doesn't bother me that John Donovan is the one who does it because I, I want people to succeed. I want the coaches that Jimmy Lake to brought in to succeed because I believe in Jimmy Lake. I, I, I hope this ends up being a good hire last two weeks of, you know, raised major alarm bells like we talked about, but the reality is I want him to adjust, figure it out and be a really good offensive coordinator for this program. With that being said, Trevor, how are you kind of feeling about this? Because obviously you're hyped Washington one. You're, you're happy to see them get their 
first win against yeah. Arkansas State and going into the conference. But are you buying into what John Donovan was selling yesterday, or are you still a little bit hesitant, kind of afraid that you're still going to get a bit, a little bit? Um, so I'm definitely always a glass half full kind of a guy. I, uh, I always joke that my blood type is B positive. So like, I'm always going to go on that. <laughs> I'm side. the A negative then. <laughs> that's why we can't. That's, that's why, why this works so well, so well is I'm yeah. the pessimist. You're the optimist. Complete me. Um, so <laughs> in that sense, I, I want to believe it's true, but the, the other side of me who watched two weeks of football, you know, just garbage uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I'm still going to wait to make sure that this wasn't just, you know, a bad Arkansas state defense. I'd like to, I'm excited for Cal um, with last week where oh, I don't know what's going to happen when we get into uh, conference play. I'm feeling much better about that now, hoping that I see the offense, at least the style of offense I saw. I don't expect them to score 50, you know, 52 points, but um, I want to see this style of a more open and attacking offense like they talked about. What about you? Yeah, Cal might not be the best challenge to say, yes, John Donovan is a fit. No, John Donovan is not because mm-hmm. Cal has been so up and down, right? almost like Washington in the last few games. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be an interesting matchup because it always is. It's right. going to be one of the better defenses. Justin Wilcox is a great coach. Absolutely. And so I think it is going to be a nice test mm-hmm. and it's going to now test John Donovan back to Michigan because Michigan runs the ball. We know that is Washington going to adjust its play calling on defense and offense to match it. I think Cal is going to be a great little test, like a, mm-hmm. a, a quiz. It's going to be a quiz yeah, right? To, to see if this can potentially actually work for Washington. Well, since Washington has ascended to one of the top teams in the North, one of the teams that has been a thorn has been Cal. And so I think that when, whenever Cal. Oh, what? Was the last win. 2017. Was I mean, the last one against Cal. I that's yeah, and and you're talking about so they lost to them when they went to the Fiesta Bowl, and then they lost to them obviously in Peterson's last year at like three in the morning. Um, both of those get both of those games were uh, knockdown, drag out, um, you know, just crazy tough games and going a little bit down a rabbit hole. You know, you think about that 2017 loss where Jake Hayner makes a huge mistake for the pick six that loses them the game uh, to then see him do what he did last night in, you know, being looks like a pretty uh, beat up would, I wouldn't say injured because if he's injured, he's not going to be playing, but really beat up throwing that touchdown to uh, beat the number 13 rank UCLA Bruins. Uh, I just think is, is such a great storyline for him. Um, but getting back to Cal, it, it's, it's going to be one of those games where it's always close and uh, the identities are similar. Obviously, you know, Justin Wilcox's fingerprints might not be on this f- team as much as they used to be, but you have two defensive minded head coaches 
um, in Lake who was under Peterson and Wilcox who coached with Peterson for a time. So <laughs> this could be a knockdown drag out, but if Washington's offensive philosophies transfer over, you open them up a little bit, you let your, your, um, uh, your athletes play. I know I just talked for like two straight minutes. So um, please, Kayla, please say something. <laughs> no, I love everything that you were mentioning. And that was something that was bittersweet. And I will be definitely somebody who admitted that when this quarterback battle was going on last season, I was on the Jay Kaner train uh-huh. and you were on the Dylan Morris train and we were split and we were both, no, this one's getting the start. This one's getting the start. And so those first couple of weeks, it, I was a little sad. It was a little sad right. <laughs> uh, watching Jay Kaner do so well. Of course I was happy for him, but uh-huh. I was like, Oh no. Right. <laughs> So glad, glad. And I know that was a tough one for you because I think that was, it, it was Jacob, it, it was, team. it was him and Jacob Eason, right? Yeah. 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 It was Jake Hayner, Jacob Eason. No, Jacob Eason was not there last year. I know. I think it didn't Hayner transfer. Uh, he transferred. I'm getting my time mixed up. You're probably right. Everything since COVID has been one long year. Right. It's been right. One drawn out year. Absolutely. But in terms of you're talking about this playmakers and playing the people that are healthy, Jalen McMillan only saw the snaps a few times against Michigan. Right. And he comes out and he does what Terrell Bynum did. And the when he finally got some looks. Yes. He made sure to make his name very well known. And I was always been a huge Jalen McMillan fan since he committed to Washington. So I was so happy to see that. Well, you got to see his breakaway speed. I mean, that's what separates him from, uh, well, not separates him from a a lot of the the talented guys on Washington's roster, but that's really what stood out to me on his high school film is how fast he was. And you saw him get separation. So now you have Terrell Bynum, who I think is a magnificent uh, route runner. Uh, and he's got, I mean, he's athletic too, right? And then you have Jalen Mellon with blazing speed. Um, Taj Davis has really developed into a quality receiver. You get Roma Dunze back, this receiver room becomes an absolute strength. It makes me so excited. And I don't know if it's a concern that Dylan Morris only had two passing touchdowns out of 52 points. Wow, three came on the ground Mm -hmm. just because the runoff first scares me. Washington did that on the opening drive, went three and out. Mm -hmm. It was when they started passing a little bit more that Arkansas State had to stay on their toes. Right. But I also think it was great to see Sean McGrew step up. He never got to see the field the last two games. Steps up when it was big, got some big first downs, put up two touchdowns. Yes. And it was great to see that there is actually some rotation going on there. You're absolutely right. And his uh, his first touchdown where he just made two guys miss with his cutbacks was was just such a, a revelation of somebody you see the elite vision that you hope that some of these younger backs who have been playing will get to because Sean McGrew looks like the best running back in the, 
in the in the stable right now. And I really hope this is more to come from him. Uh, he ended up with six carries, 31 yards. That's five, five point two yards a carry. I'll take that. And then the two touchdowns. So um, I, I, I'm really happy he came back for this season. And so I'm real. you know, it's not that, OK, he comes back, he automatically gets to play. But the production before this has warranted him definitely getting some more playing time. And I think it's a good reality check for whoever is making these, who's in at running back decisions, because Richard Newton is great at short field, great (laughs) at short field. And that's why I think you were somebody who was calling him, you know, red zone, Richard Newton, because it's that 20 yards and less in that red zone that Richard Newton absolutely shines where Sean McGrew with that vision. Yeah to get some bigger chunks mm-hmm. was really nice. And then Kamari Pleasant had a great game. And then yeah. you're big on Cam Davis, Davis who yeah. like puts Richard Newton, Shaman Groom, Kamari Pleasant all together. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really my, my hope for him is he's a complete back. That's, you know, an NFL caliber because he can do it all. Um, moving, I, I guess let's, let's move into grades a little bit. A couple of guys, before we do that, I guess I'll talk about a few stats. Dylan Morris, uh, 367 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. Um, we'll talk about that during grades. Richard Newton, 10 carries, 52 yards, and a touch. Pleasant, eight carries, 48 yards. Sean McGrew, six carries, 31 yards, two touches. Cam Davis, seven yards, 27. Chalen McMillan, 10 receptions, 175 yards, and a touchdown. Todd Davis, five for 94. Bynum, four for 64 and a touchdown. And Kate Otten, two for 23 for a touchdown. There's a couple more on there. Uh, I guess the other one I would love to mention is uh, Sam Heward with the two for five for 31 yards. Uh, he looked, for his first start, there was some errant throws. There was some high throws, but there was also some really good things that I saw. Um, also drawing the uh, pass interference, uh, trying to go to Jabez Tanay. And then on the defensive side, uh, that's more of your realm today. But man, Bradley, Brendan Bradley Hilds, um, just an absolute wrecking ball. And he's he's showing why he was a five star and why Washington, who has a good secondary, was all about getting this guy and plugging and playing him. I had kind of mentioned on the pregame show that you had mentioned earlier was that he's so much like Buddha Baker. Yeah. But almost a little bit better because Buddha killed people behind the defensive line. Bookie wants that quarterback's head hanging on his wall. He mm-hmm. goes to that backfield so quick and he looks yeah. so good. I'm, and he brings a little bit of that, you know, bad boy, big 12 mentality. Mm-hmm. And he looked going onto the field, running in, he looked pissed off. Yeah. And it was, Nice to see a little bit of more of that oomph that some Steve Sarkeesian players had that Mm -hmm. could be lacking at times. Right. And he was not one of them. And that was somebody in our preview show I really was excited to see was him, Chad McDuffie and Kyler Gordon. And all three really showed up along with, honestly, the second and third strings getting more takeaways. Yeah. And the first defensive score of the season. Yeah. Never would have guessed that. Right. Right. Braylon tries picking it up. Uh, Fatua Tutule, 
uh, started, but yeah, he's one of those rotational guys as well. But you look on this, I mean, the defensive stats, there's so many, right? Cam Williams uh, started and played a great game, but you look at the second leading tackler on the team and it's Carson Bruner. And uh, yeah. he's, he's one of my favorite kids um, in that locker room. We did a, uh, we did an interview with him, Jake and I, before he got to the university and he was uh, just such a good interview because he's so smart about the game. And uh, going down and seeing Asa Turner makes plays, Alex Cook made plays, um, the defensive line played better. I, I'm just, I hope they can take those good feelings and keep them going into this next, uh, you know, into the conference play. What matters? You look at that and just scroll. You have, you can't even have a full page. I'm scrolling right now. Yeah. Intensive players and you have to just scroll and look at it all and it's so great to see some of those kids and loved Trent McDuffie he got it done on the field he's at the bottom of the list because there's right. other people who they know their snaps are very valuable and they know they're very scarce in terms of how many they get each game in each season and so Trent right. McDuffie's not targeted because he's a great defender already same with Kyler Gordon they have you know passes deflected it's mm-hmm. what they do but then seeing names like Camden Sermon four total tackles two solo you have I was just looking at that I'm wondering if that was a mix-up where that's supposed to be uh the uh uh what's his name the the starting linebacker Jackson um, Sermon Jackson, because I'm looking, Jackson Sermon does not show up on the depth chart, and Camden Sermon is a uh, is a walk on quarterback. So I was I, I was thinking the same thing. That's why I was like, did I? <laughs> right. I, I just clicked. Like as you were talking, I clicked on his name. Like, wait, I thought he played quarterback. Are I saw him with a headset all game, but I was like, to each their own. Towards the end of the game, and it was like <laughs> right, raining. No, right? I couldn't see, and that's uh-huh. yeah, fine with me. But somebody else, too, is Jacob Bandit, somebody who is a huge name coming to the program, finally getting some playing time. The defense overall looked 10,000 times better. Right. So I think grades are going to be a lot more fun than they were last week. And uh, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to go with a B, uh, a solid. uh, I was going to say B minus, but I'm going to go B for Dylan Morris. Um, I am just concerned about turnovers. I, I don't love seeing another two. One was batted down at the line. Um, I'm trying to think of the one that uh, it was intended for at the other, the other uh, interception. I, I'm spacing on how it happened, but um, I just don't love turnovers. Do you remember? hundred percent agree. What I remember from that one more than who it was for is Terrell Bynum can crush him. Oh, yeah. I saw that, and I was like, okay, Mr. DB, like, uh-huh. you want to play both sides of the ball, I get it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he crushed him, and then he stood over him. It was kind of nice. I was like, thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you, a little bit of that. And that was something else, and I know we're trying to get to grades, but you got that from him. Jalen McMillan? After he got a first and goal on about the three, he walked with the goal and does a little like, yeah, you know, it's yep. like they're having fun again. They're looking like they're not hating their lives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, 
I thought Morris was better in the pocket and he was, um, he was moving. Obviously you, you already touched on it that he was running for positive yards when it wasn't there. He didn't look panicked. So what, what do you think about the quarterback? I like the solid B. I, again, do not like interceptions. Mm -hmm. I don't want him to take tons of sacks either. Right. But which one would I rather prefer? I don't know, but you can never be mad at somebody for passing for 367 yards. (laughs) Right. Three touchdowns. So. Yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction. I think it maybe comps down a little bit of the people who were wanting Sam Hewer just for a change. So um, I think that he's going into conference play with more confidence uh, and confidence from the team that he is, he is the guy Um, moving to the defense, uh, moving to running backs. um, I'm going to give them, uh, I'm going to give them a B minus because I'm still, I'm still not sold on, on Richard Newton and some of the things that he's doing when it comes to finding holes, running into his players. And, um, and this is, I am absolutely taking this from uh, a lot of people who know coaching football more than I do is, is the criticism I've heard is he's running upright a little bit too much and that's not allowing him to do what he does best. And that's run through people. Um, Cam Davis with the, with a, a fumble, not the greatest thing in the world. Um, I'm still seeing more vision from him, which I like, but then you get the steady, uh, players who are going to give you positive, positive plays most of the time. And that's what grew pleasant because they're the oldest they've been there the longest they've, they've developed. And, uh, I think that's, that's shows good, um, as we move into conference play. I like that grade. I also wouldn't have been surprised if you maybe had done a C plus or a C around there for, for the fumble, but then also because, I mean, you can't be upset with three touchdowns either from the running backs, but just there's still not that person who makes defenses scared. There's not that Miles Gaskin. There's not that Christian McCaffrey. There's not that Derrick Henry. And so until somebody gets more than about 60 yards a game, the defense is not really going to care as much about the run. And so I would like to, I would, once somebody emerges a little bit more, I think I'll be a little bit happier with that one. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's, that's the best way to diagnose that group. Uh, but the, uh, the best group, the line that's going to, uh, the, the position groups are going to get the best is going to be the receivers. They're going to get an a minus. There's a couple of drops. That's the only reason they're not a solid a, but having Jalen McMillan back to take some pressure off of some of these other guys, I think was, was just so electric and the way that he was bringing in balls, uh, you know, big, big plays, explosive plays. Taj Davis had one of the best catches of the day that we haven't mentioned yet. That one where uh, he trapped it on uh, with one arm while he was getting draped all over. I thought that was great. Kate Otten was solid. Um, you got to be happy with what you're seeing from the receivers where I think Washington fans knew, and people who follow Washington knew that there was some talent in the receiver room, but historically and rightly so a lot of people outside of the program were still questioning what this offense, uh, you know, what this receiving group could be. I would even give a little bit of that extra credit from that tackle from trail by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> you get some extra credit for that one. Did, yep. <laughs> that was a beautiful tackle. And I love that you brought up the touch Davis because that catch was insane. Right. You had three receivers. One with 42 is a long, the other two with 39 is a long. Yeah. So, and it helps because Kadon was the guy that would be double teamed because it was Kadon because yeah. he was the workhorse for the receivers. Well, now, if you look at the tape, I mean, anytime there's a play of significance, uh, and this is credit to the development of Dylan Morris, he would lock on to Kate Otten and he wouldn't look anywhere else. Yes. And this, the stats that you just named, all those names in the receiving room that you named, they are helping get Kate Otten open again. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. They are helping Dylan Morris grow that confidence again that he looked to have against Arizona in 2020. Yes. That's a really good point because as teams can't key right down the middle. You, you know, as long as Jalen McMillan's still making plays down the field, Terrell Bynum's getting open consistently. Um, they're not going to be able to triple team the tight end anymore. Exactly. So I'm very happy with all of those offensive grades as for the offensive line, where do you stand there? Uh, so I, I think that again, you have to go high. It's a B plus or an A minus. Um, I thought that they played really well. They gave, um, they gave Dylan Morris time. Their pass protection was really good. Their run, their run scheme seemed to be fixed um, against a lesser opponent. Uh, I'm not going to go all out on them until I see them do it against a conference opponent. And only one sack. And I, right. I believe that sack actually came off of Kate Otten's blocker to oh, really? be hundred percent honest. So can't really take away that from the offensive line themselves. Right. But overall, just like just such a better day from the offense. It's what you expect out of a Washington, a power five, a, a, a group that um, had high expectations, has had high expectations and still has a chance to meet those and getting to a Pac-12 championship game. Um, I'm not as. And Oregon didn't even do that well against Stony Brook. Yeah, they took him to the second half. And I don't know if Anthony Brown's coming back. Uh, he took two massive shots right at the end of the half. And, and Ty Thompson ended up taking the reins after that when it was still a 10 point game at half. So yeah. we'll see. Um, I have I'm much more optimistic on the offense and then therefore the rest of the season as a whole watching them make the proper adjustments. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, though, Kayla. Um, yeah, let's so start to talk about this now. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Uh, obviously, holding them to three points. Um, they didn't give up a ton of yards either way. Uh, 220 yards through the air, 48 on the ground. We wanted to see Washington really work on their run D. This, this Arkansas State team obviously had to throw a lot. But even if you look at the averages, keeping them to three yards a carry, actually overall two and a half yards a carry or two yards a carry, that, that's got to make you feel good. And we'll start on the defensive line. Defensive line looked so much better. And we already know going, we already knew going into this game that Arkansas State just wasn't right as run heavy as Michigan. We knew they were going to pass out of their 1,192, I think, total yards before yesterday, 901 of them were in the air. And so the defensive line looked to play a lot better. They didn't have a lot of those missed tackles. They read the run a lot better. Right. But I don't think Arkansas State still pushed them or challenged them mm -hmm. 
to their full potential. And so 48 yards is fantastic. You can't give anything less than a B with that, but just because of the team and the situation itself in terms of the offense they were facing, I stick with probably a B plus. I think that's a good way. I I like that as well. I think that um, it's a wait and see on, it's a wait and see on the offensive line and it's a wait and see on the defensive line. Cause I I think that we've seen a lot of good things from, we've obviously seen great things from the secondary. Um, We've seen good things from the receivers, but the lines and that's, that's what separates good teams from, from bad teams and good teams from great teams. And so if these lines are making progress, developing into what they need to be when the games matter more, even than the, than the non-conference, I think you're in good shape. Um, linebackers, there was a little bit of a, a mix up of the starting lineups. You saw Jackson Kirkland and Daniel Haimuli starting. Edifanu Lafuscio played. Um, what would you give the linebackers? Linebackers look to be a lot better. They were covering the field a lot better. They were there for missed tackles or mm-hmm. kind of those outside runs that seem to always be Washington's Achilles heel. With that being said, I'm pretty happy with them in general. Again, it was very hard to tell just because they weren't really there for passes as much. Right. Um, but they were in the backfield a lot more, so I would probably stick at a B. Yeah. With them I, as well. I think that's a really solid grade, and that's where I would kind of go to. Um, the leading tackler in that room, Carson Bruner, big, obviously I'm happy about that. But they all played. MJ Tafisi played. Um, you saw you saw Edifan Ulufushio play, and um, I'm I'm 100 convinced now that all of Camden Sermon's tackles are actually Jackson Sermon's tackles. He's so sad. He looks himself up on ESPN. He's like, "Oh, mom, look, I got tackles." <laughs> right here it says DNP, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just looking at uh, the tackles for loss from that group, um, I'm not seeing any TFLs, which is fine because, you know, your linebackers can get into the backfield and make some plays, but really what you're hoping to do is, is stop them at the line, and that's what they did when there was runs. Uh, and then obviously, uh, and, and I'm not sure, I'd have to watch it again to really focus in on the the linebackers covering the middle of the, that middle zone um, seemed like it was effective with how potent that offense has been and what Washington was able to do to them. And Savelle Smalls was in quite a bit too, which is great to see him find that rotation a lot more. So he, yeah. I, and I was going to lump him in with the, uh, the defense, I guess he outside linebacker. Yeah. Um, he had, there was a move where he got stuffed by the left tackle early. And then basically from the rest of the game, what I saw from Safel Smalls was a five-star pass rusher, just abusing the offensive line. And um, he got a quarterback hurry early in the game. That uh, was one of the biggest hits on the quarterback that I saw outside of Fatua Tuatele, like laying on the quarterback. It was kind of, a, we used the saying last time, you know, like, burn me once, you know, yeah. shame on you, burn yeah. me twice, you know what I mean? He, he made darn sure 
that that was not going to happen again. And it was great to see just that not even a game adjustment, but that internal personal adjustment being made. Yeah. Yeah. What a, yeah. What a great day. And then of course the, the consistent grade has always been high for the defensive back room. And I don't think that's going to change right here. It, the grades would be a little bit different if it was defensive backs group one than defensive right. back group two, because this group two would get an A plus. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I mean, the group one is still doing just as well. Right. You can't be mad with only having, I believe going into half, it was 142 yards yeah. in the air. So that's a pretty good team for someone who, like I said, had 901 passing yards right. in their first two games. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, we really saw the starting three corners all make plays. Um, Trent McDuffie had a couple of really nice pass breakups. Kyler Gordon uh, just keeps getting, it seems like every time he's on the field, it's just another great play and just being such a consistent corner really showing why he is a prospect. And then we've already talked about Buki. I mean, he's <laughs> just so disruptive. Those three are just so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I know Trent and Kyler came out as one of the top uh, DB duos yeah. in the nation to watch, but I think Buki makes a great third wheel. Yeah, I agree. And then I, I, I'm just, I didn't see, um, I know that, um, uh, McDuffie got busted up a little bit on a punt return and I don't know if he came back in the game or not. So I don't know how serious that was. Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that because saw the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, they had the tent up for him and I was going to the bathroom and they played the radio with Tony Castricone and in the bathroom and they were actually talking about him getting uh, taped up and not sure if he'll, if he'll come back. Okay. And so not really a huge injury, I think to worry about, but enough of a time for Jimmy Lake to be like, all right, pull the starters out of there. Right. Right. And if that's, I mean, I love having Trent McDuffie back there because I think he is pretty electric, but um, I don't want to lose one of my best defensive players either. Um, it's a it's a risky call. <laughs> I yeah I yeah that's the best way to put it. Um, and then what is your overall um, grade for coaching this week? Oof! Yikes! Yeah, I didn't. That wasn't part of the show last week. <laughs> it wasn't. Not, I haven't written as coaching. Maybe we were just talking about the issues of coaching. I, just, yeah. I, I guess we've already evaluated a little bit, but if you if you yeah. could put a, a, a letter grade to it. I think Bob Gregory did himself a huge justice in his game planning as a yeah. defensive coordinator. It's say what you want to about it being Arkansas State. They still can put up points. Right no matter who it's against, and they did not against Washington. Mm-hmm. I give him a A-. minus. I think there is still a little bit too much passing yards allowed for it being Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing really wrong with that, but just I A- minus for there. Yeah. Um, other coaching staff, offensive coordinator-wise, talking about John Donovan, 
I will never give him an A because <laughs> I would have to see an outstanding, outstanding game. Um, I would probably go B minus. Yeah. Just because of the first three and outs. And then there was some calls up the middle on third and long that I didn't like. Yeah. Or what I thought was scary was going for it on fourth down with the goal line about five yards away. And instead of rushing on like fourth and inches, he sends Dill Morris to drop back and pass to Kate Odden, who is in the end zone. Right. It proved to be a great call, but man, it scared me a little bit. Yeah. I think that's right. Like you, there's a lot of stress around high leverage plays because as of before yesterday, this year they have um, they have absolutely failed in that aspect, and so there's really no trust. Which is why it was so scary. I was right. like, "That's what you're going with? Uh-huh. You want to run the ball every down, and then the one time it makes sense to run the ball, <laughs> you're right. having Dylan Morris drop back and throw to the end zone. Not even just a small little pass to get right. the first right. down. He was like, "We're going for it," and That's I awesome. appreciated it, but. Yeah still scared me. Awesome. And of course, next week there, uh, they start conference play and uh, Cal's coming to town. Cal, I, I'm excited for our preview show because uh, <laughs> who knows what Cal's going to look like. All we know is that historically Cal is going to play Washington hard. Um, I, I have no idea what uh, what's in store yet, but um, I'm just so happy conference play is finally here. I'm so excited, but I did see that 6:30 kickoff when it was announced, and I was like, <gasps> yeah. and then yesterday I was like, okay, cool. Rains next week, we're gonna be fine. Then I hear it's supposed to be nice again in the 70s, and I'm like, right. okay, cool. <laughs> like, I guess yeah, that fine. was just a little tease from uh from fall. Yeah, but overall, I I am very happy to be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that'll do it for us, for Kayla Olin and Trevor Mueller. Looking forward to seeing you. And uh, uh, later in the week, we'll get our picks show in and we'll preview this bad boy and we'll see what happens. I feel like I just need to pick against Washington every time. (laughs) So maybe that's where I'm going to go. I just, I was with a friend who's a big Eagles fan and, and he said he always bets against the Eagles. So he either makes money or he wins. So um, I respect that. <laughs> so go dogs. Go dogs.